Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. This is a special day uh, for me in many ways. Most significantly, one of those rare, rare occasions, since my wife is a pastor at a different church than I am and have been for many years, um, she has to just sit and listen to me right now. We don't do that very often. And Lucy's running off to college pretty soon, and she won't be listening to me anymore. So you guys are kind of trapped. Thank you. It's a lot of pressure, though, I'm telling you. I invite you to start this morning's time for considering these, this lesson, especially Jesus' lesson, where he tells these stories about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Interchangeable phrase for Jesus. I want to start by having you look at the cover of the bulletin this morning. You got it in front of you? I want you to look at that picture for just a moment. I'd like for you to imagine yourself as that tiny seedling. And that the hands which are holding that seedling are God. And that's you. And you, and you, that tiny little speck of a plant that resides in the hands of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Isn't that something? I mean, to think of yourself that way, a tiny speck of a human being in God's forever and always universe? <laughs> Blows my mind. And so I ask you, an even bigger question. Why are you here? Not why are you here, here at church this morning or online, but why are you here? You of all people. I mean, you know you better than anyone. Why of all the people in the universe... Did God choose you to be a follower of Jesus? Why, out of all the people who've come and gone in this little corner of the kingdom or estate or garden, if we want to borrow Jesus' terminology, why, out of all the people who've come and gone from this place, this church, has God chosen you to witness in word and deed in these days, to the truth of the gospel. I mean, sure, you do the best you can with whatever you got. I get that. With your tiny little life. And God knows, and you know, all your frailties and your weaknesses, all the ways you try but fail. So why you? Tiny little you. And yet here you are. And here I am. Just us. Me and you. Maybe that's why we love this little story that Jesus tells about this tiny little mustard seed 
a seemingly insignificant seed, but one that produces that region's most prolific plants. A bush, really, that if you leave it alone, it grows into something that looks like a tree. And so here's our story. You and me. The little guy who makes good. The little girl who is in the back row of the chorus line for the big production who gets called on when the star goes down and they say, you're going to take her spot. And lo and behold, a star is born. This is our story. Were we chosen because of our great potential? (laughs) I don't know about that. Look around. Perhaps something our own family missed when we were being raised, something special about us that they didn't spot. Was it because God somehow knew that we would take directions well? Or that we could take redirection or correction okay? Or was it that it seemed there was nothing better to do with this little seed called you than what you are producing? as you grow in faith in years. Just take a look at the preponderance of stories in our sacred book. Old Testament, New Testament, featuring those whom God chooses to use. The inscrutable, the unlikely. As I've said in previous weeks, the good, the bad, the ugly, huh? The little ones like David, the unlikely, the undeserving ones, the child, a kingdom where the least can become the greatest, where the lost is found, and that which seems dead is brought back to life. That's the whole story. God chooses whom God will choose. And from folks like us, apparently, much can be produced. And so we're going to think small here today, people of God, at the Neighborhood Church this morning. And I hope this story gives you hope. To recap, Jesus asked his disciples one day, so you're asking me, to what can I compare the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven? And he says, well, it's like, well, it's like a tiny seed. I guess. The kingdom of God is like some tiny, insignificant mustard seed. Just a seed. The smallest of all the seeds on the planet. Yet when that seed grows, says Jesus, it's going to germinate. It's going to take root. It's going to grow and grow until it becomes a weed about two feet high. And if you leave that weed alone, it starts to look like a bush. And after years and years left alone, sometimes it starts to look like a tree. And so they scratched their heads and were asking themselves, so the kingdom of God is like a weed? A bush? 
A plant so impressive that little birds come and perch on its branches, at least small birds. And so the disciples said, well, that's pretty impressive. But only moderate so, moderately so. We don't like being compared to a weed. That's a little known biblical verse that you don't see there. But apparently God looks at things very differently than we do. No surprise, huh? What we regard as common, tiny, of little account, like some have said to me out loud already about this place called the Neighborhood Church, God regards it as miraculous. God regards it as wonderful. It's the very essence of the kingdom of God. Now, I would think this comes as pretty good news for us here these days. I mean, look around. Small, we can do. Apparently, we're poised for greatness in the kingdom of God. We're ready. Have at us, God. This had to have been very good news. Think about it. This had to have been very good news for this embryonic group of followers who were hoping someday that this Christian thing would catch on, that this Jesus movement would happen and stick around. Those few disciples who were following Jesus who were adrift in a Jewish culture, surrounded by the Roman pagan belief system where bigger was better and Caesar was the only God you needed and more and gluttony were admired and conquering was the principle of growth. This is what we call mustard seed theology. It must have been a godsend for these folks who were struggling along in their little house churches, hoping that this was going to catch on, hoping that they weren't wrong about Jesus. In fact, this story was so important, this image of a mustard seed, so important that Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell this story to their own audiences. So along comes Jesus recalling for them from their collective memory how God had put them together under the leadership of a little dawdling Abraham who was hesitant and didn't want to take the job. And under the leadership of David, little scrawny David, as a people in a foreign land, and he turned God turned them into a great nation. Think about it, a movement that caught on in the whole world. He took a bunch of nobodies, according to Peter, remember? A bunch of nobodies and turned them into somebodies. And now holding up this reminder of how God uses what seems to be the small and the insignificant and the slight to cause great things to happen in the world that God gives us to care for and to love and to serve. I was thinking about growth this week. It's a funny thing, isn't it, growth? It's hidden. 
kind of happens on its own terms, doesn't it? I mean, you can grunt and groan all you want, but you can't make growth happen on your own. I mean, you can grow your midsection. I've practiced that. (laughs) But that's not much. That's easy. You see, it happens on its own terms. The soil brings forth the crop. I mean, the farmer has something to do with it. Gets to be a cooperative partner in it. Think about the ways you've grown through the years. Did you have total control over that? We can cooperate. We could play some role in growth. But God brings forth the growth through grace. Not on our own merit or efforts and direction. We can cooperate with it, but we can't force it either in ourselves or in other people. Or for our purposes, even in this place we call the church. We can't force it. But we are a people of hope, right? We're a people of hope, if nothing else. And this lesson teaches us that we need to be patient when it comes to growth. We have to be patient with our spouse and with our child and with our coworker, and with our friends, and even with ourselves, and trust that God set the whole system up for growth. That God is committed to their growth and to ours. So I come back to the big question. Why are you here? Why are we still here? people of the neighborhood church, I mean, could it be that God is not done with us yet? It may never be the same again, but it will be something different. Something that shows some growth because that's the way God works. Think about your life. The people you have contact with every day the things you do, the places you go. Maybe God's chosen you, you, to be God's representative in those places. Maybe you're going to be the only taste, the only sight, the only touch of God that that person receives in their life. Perhaps God is going to cause something great and unexpected to happen here if we can just remain open to the gardener, the divine gardener who is at work. Now finally, I want you to think for a moment about this gardener God, this crazy gardener God, and the random way which seed is sort of scattered all over the place. It's crazy. This gardener just casting it about, Watching, waiting, hoping, fully expecting a great harvest. I tried this. I convinced them. Let's try this in the backyard. Huge planter box in the middle of our back lawn. Slightly raised. We just took some wildflowers one year. Seeds. And just... It's a big can of them, just scattered them all over. 
And I said, let's commit ourselves to just waiting and watching. I mean, they are called wildflowers. Let's see what happens. And so we waited. We watched to see what grew up. We figured it couldn't be worse than what we were doing out there before. It did grow. It grew up. And wildflowers was putting it mildly. They were pretty for a very short while. (laughs) Lots of colors, lots of shapes. And then the weeds came up, too. And eventually the whole thing became this tangled mess that I totally regretted. It really didn't work for us. But I'm not God. And I'm not really very good at gardening either. In fact, I don't like it anymore. (laughs) And I'll remind you with great pleasure that you're not God either. But remember that, among other things, God is a gardener. And this garden, this world, belongs to God. It's really none of my business why it works the way it works. God does with with it what God desires, recklessly, randomly, scattering seeds of His kingdom, calling forth growth and beauty and goodness to happen if we'll just stay out of the way and just maybe cooperate a little bit. God utilizes the most unsuspecting, small, unusual, unpredictable, and surprising partners to assist in the kingdom of God. And even the little neighborhood church is God's project. And there's your answer to the question, in case you didn't have one. Why? Why are you here? Tiny speck of a seed planted in this place, in this time. Why are you here? Do you believe that God can work with you? I hope you do. Are you open to the possibilities? Because you know our experience teaches us that God will not disappoint. Amen. Glory be to you, Heavenly Father, through Christ our Lord, who with the Holy Spirit reigns eternally, one God, now and always. Amen.